Hey, Table Talk Radio, we're reading, oh, what a great email we get about how to witness to friends, especially to a Mormon friend who is socially progressive. And then we talk about this story about the Amazonian nuns acting like priests and what that means for the Vatican. Stay tuned. Here's Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, <laughs> And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> so, uh, you guys put the mega, mega crunch on the song. That would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Pastors, Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. You've officially hit rock bottom. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Every show is an intervention. <laughs> no, if you've resorted to listening to the show, that is rock bottom. It's not an intervention. It is. That's it's right, it's yeah. the. It's oh, still the the okay, substance sorry. causing. I misunderstood yeah. the metaphor. Yeah, I know. Hugs. You're, I'll you're ready good. for an intervention. Uh, yeah. Issues, etc. Maybe the, is the intervention. The end. The end theme is maybe the intervention. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, Self-Pastor Gigline and Pastor Wolfmiller here, bringing you another episode yep. of, of Theological Hilarity. <laughs> and uh, we, The theology is not that funny. No, neither, neither like, are the I'm hosts. I'm not sure what's that funny. <laughs> so, but we're going to be responding to your emails. You can always send those in. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. I'm not oh, yeah. still sure that that works, but... Uh, we could use some test cases, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Yeah. Uh, I need to right. put that on my to-do list to fix that. Uh, well, maybe have okay. Got maybe it. have that fixed by the time you send your email. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> what else are we doing? Is that it? Uh, that's it. Uh, oh, we got a news. Uh, Ten Commandments in the news, maybe. We'll do this story from the Vatican Damage Control, a bunch of... Amazon nuns acting like a priest. We'll talk about that. Damage control. And then we'll see how much time we have left, and then we'll go back and see what else we have to talk about. So <laughs> those, are the, those are the two things we have planned for the show. Do we have buzzwords planned for the show? Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot about that. I, Hopefully you do. Uh, no, but I'll make one up on the spot. How about sacraments? Have we talked about sacraments in a while? I don't think we have. Uh, well, I mean, the sacraments, of course, this is the tricky thing about talking about the sacraments because, um, you know, we have the, the Catholics and Lutherans or maybe just Protestants in general fight over what the 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 sacraments are. And we're fighting over something that, uh, I mean, it's not like it's not like First Corinthians 17 says, and uh, here is the definition of a sacrament, right? I mean, so we, we, we rather just read the scriptures and see how the Lord has given these things to us and where we can uh, find some some common things. We can put them together. That's called systematic theology, by the way. And uh, the, the way that we see the sacraments is that God is doing something in particular here, that he's not just 
uh, we're not just looking at the institutions of God, but we're looking at God um, doing something in this institution which conveys or confers the forgiveness of sins. So that we have a particular understanding that when God uh, uh, institutes baptism, for example, he says in Acts chapter 2 that this is for you uh, and all your children all for off, but it's uh, that all who receive it receive um, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. Um, so that baptism... Uh, conveys this gift forgiveness, and so does the Lord's Supper. Take, eat, take, drink, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. So we find some some commonalities there and say, okay, we're, we're, Christ has instituted this, um, and it's conferring the forgiveness of sins, and there's a physical element there. That's kind of the main thing. Well, not, not no, forgiveness is the main thing, but 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 the uh, particular thing to talk about here for, sacra- for the sacraments is that it's being given not just through the Word, it's by the Word, but it's given all uh, attached, that word is attached to something physical, well, there then we can call that a sacrament. And uh, so by that definition, we have uh, two sacraments, baptism and Lord's Supper. Uh, some people like to press that uh, absolution uh, would be an unofficial sacrament because if through that word and maybe the voice of a pastor, I receive the forgiveness of sins, and we'd say, okay, we're going to push it, fine. We're not going to get in a fight over that. So, sacrament is your best why, word. Why not? Why, yeah, oh, there you go. There's a reason why there is always fights about the sacrament, though. Have I ever told you my top-of-the-food-chain doctrine idea? Oh, please, no. Go ahead. Okay, so, this is... You'll lie. I think you'll like this. So, you know this old... When you went to biology class when you were in high school, and they said, if the ocean gets polluted, the, the, like, the pollution gets more and more concentrated the higher up the food chain it goes... So, like, if you get some pollution, it'll get in the algae a little bit, and but then it'll get into the, what is the little shrimps called, that the whales eat, like plankton, quill or, brill. plankton. Okay, so then it gets in the plankton, but a little bit more, but not enough to kill. Then it gets into the, to the little, to the shrimp, and then into the, into the seahorses, and then into the small little fishies, and then into the medium-sized fish, and then into the big fish, and then the tuna, and then the sharks. And by the time you get to the top of the food chain, the the toxin or the pollutants become very, very concentrated. So that these things concentrate as they get up higher. Well, baptism and the Lord's Supper, the sacraments, are like the top of the food chain when it comes to theology. So if you have any error anywhere in your theological construct, it gets amplified by the time it gets to baptism or the Lord's Supper. So if you have a bad doctrine of the Trinity, it shows up in baptism. If you have a bad doctrine of the Incarnation, it shows up in the Lord's Supper. If you have a bad doctrine of the Word of God, it shows up in both of them. If you have a bad doctrine of the Church or whatever. So that all the doctrines show up, uh, or all the error in doctrine show up at the top of the theological food chain in the sacraments. Hmm. Interesting. That works. That's yeah. that's why you can say a couple. Yeah, there's a, and there's a couple of things that kind of then conclude from that. That's why when the Lutherans say it's enough for the unity of the church if we agree on the gospel and the sacraments, because they ah. a couple of things. I mean, number one, those are the things that create faith. But secondly, those are the places where a lack of orthodoxy is going to manifest itself in those things. So, so that's that's also really interesting, and it's also where the devil is going to attack because it's through the sacraments that the Lord gives and sustains faith. So can I press you on that that's then? Um, and you're going to like this because this is kind of your your new expertise. Um, you know, we, we in the in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, do not have alternate public fellowship with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America for a lot of reasons. Um, now, could someone that come come to your church and argue that I'm in the ELCA, but I should be able to receive 
communion on the basis that I agree with you on baptism and the Lord's Supper. Go. Yeah, well, they could be able to argue that, but the problem is there's a couple of problems. Well, uh, because they have a bad doctrine of the of the Word of God, and that shows up in a couple of ways. Number one, the first way it shows up is that, well, what's, what's the easiest way to get to this? Is that they don't actually have doctrine. So they might have, like, on paper, say, here's what we believe and here's what we confess about baptism and the Lord's Supper. And yet at the same time, they have fellowship with people who do not believe these things. They have fellowship, for example, with the Presbyterian Church USA, which has the official doctrine that Christ is not physically present in the Lord's Supper, the Methodist Church, and so forth and so on. So that's an example. The other thing is they do not practice closed communion, which means theological fellowship. So they don't... I mean, when they say we have this doctrine, so therefore we should be unified, they're playing a game because they don't actually think that it is the doctrine that unifies because they're happy to have unity with people who don't have the doctrine. And it show, it's, just, it's a really interesting fact that closed communion, as part of our practice of the Lord's Supper, is really the only—it it is the fence that, that makes theological unity possible. Okay, so Because here's an example. Like, you know the, you know the LCMC— that's the Lutheran Church and Mission for Christ, mm-hmm. suspiciously close to LCMS. Uh, <laughs> they broke off of the ELCA, but and they and they broke off because of theology. But then you go and you ask them and say, "Well, can you go to communion at the ELCA church? Can they come to communion at your church? Can your their pastors come over?" I mean, and the, and the answer is yes, because they practice open communion. And so, if they practice open communion, then what's the point? If you practice, this is the, if you practice open communion, then 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 the differences between your churches are bureaucratic and not theological. <laughs> we have different organization. We have a different health care. We have a different... It's it, If you don't practice closed communion, then the differences in the church are purely political. It has nothing to do with theology, nothing to do with the Bible, and that's what we start to see. Then the unity of the church comes about through these kind of political conversations rather than theological conversations. So it's closed communion is the only way to to even pretend like there's going to be theological integrity. Now, you could practice closed communion and be a heretic, so it doesn't guarantee orthodoxy. But if you don't practice it, it does guarantee that there's no such categories as orthodoxy or unorthodoxy. Can a heretic commune at the ELCA church? Yes. I mean, yeah, what's the difference, you know, mm-hmm. that, it, that we practice open communion? So, so heresy doesn't matter for them. So they might say, this is our doctrine, but we don't care about it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a mouthful, but and there's more problems than just that. But oh, they don't have the doctrine of the efficacy of the word, as far as I can tell, the ELCA. Because if the word is not inspired, then uh, then you then it also cannot be efficacious. So they don't have the actual doctrine of the efficacy of the of the word of God. They have the doctrine of the efficacy of the gospel, which is a different doctrine. So so they they. It's a denial of the Holy Spirit convicting the world of sin, you see, which is what Jesus says the Holy Spirit will do. So the efficacy is not in the law. The efficacy is only in the gospel. And that's a, that's a uh, confusion also on the doctrine of the gospel. Interesting. Well, I am anxious to come back after this break and hear what your buzzword is so that we can actually get into the show. <laughs> 
Are you wondering what Pastor Wolfman's buzzword is? Ridiculous. Stay tuned through this break and you'll find Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, Were you stalling? Did you just need more time to find a word and just went off for about No, I had 10 a good minutes? one. As soon as you said yours, I had mine. Uh, okay. All right. I had it. I've I, had it. It's, a bit, it's in the wings. Ready all to right. Go. I'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, because cable's expensive. The Sunday Drive Home, grappling with the text on the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Waiting with bated breath. Wondering what Pastor Wolfman's what, buzzword, my buzzword is. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll right, tell so you. Welcome back to you is Sacramentarian. Ooh. All right. Oddly enough, a sacramentarian is a person who denies the sacrament. <laughs> Just like a Baptist is a guy who doesn't think you could baptize the babies. Isn't it weird? It is. Ironic, at, at least. Ironical. Sacramentarian is the slur, theological slur, that we use to define the those people in the Reformation who denied both the Lutheran and the Catholic doctrine of the sacraments. Probably it comes down to the real presence. Is Christ, is the body and blood there or not? And if you say no, then you're a sacramentarian. <laughs> hmm. Weird. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, let's get into some... Are we doing Ten Minutes in the News first or the email first, or is that one of the uh, same? Let's do the email first. I like this email. This email goes like this. It says, um, this is from Sincerely a Lutheran School Teacher from Australia. Uh, Dear Table Talk Radio, recently I feel the Holy Spirit has been tugging me to speak to a friend about Christ. However, she's not seeking, and she continues to think the Mormon faith is real Christianity, even though she refuses to be part of the church because of a stance on issues regarding abortion and homosexuality. Man, that's a long, a lot of stuff in that sentence. Mm. So I, I want to talk to my friend about church. Let me just kind of debrief on this sentence. I want to talk to my friend about Christ. She's not, she's not looking. She's a convinced Mormon. Well, and, but she, she refuses to be a part of the Mormon church because yeah. of its stance on abortion and homosexuality. So she's, I don't know, probably a liberal, I would guess, like, yeah. or progressive on social. Okay. She's an old friend that I've only contacted with and praying for her for years. So far, I've discovered that I'm a wimp. I always seem to <laughs> botch these conversations, either by getting too excited and in information dumping, or being too nice and barely saying anything at all. Out of everything that I'm praying for, everyone I've witnessed to, I think maybe, maybe one person has come to Christ. He was one kid at summer camp. I have no idea what happened to him since. The opposite side of the ledger seems to be growing daily. My prayers in this area are making me more and more depressed. Am I not doing enough? Sincerely, a Lutheran school teacher. Huh. What a great... There's so many things to talk about in this particular letter. Yeah. Uh, so we got the issues of of uh, of Mormonism, how to talk to Mormons. We got the, We got the social issues that come up here. And we got the... We got some social media stuff because it's a Facebook conversation, and we have the uh, the question of evangelism, 
and reaching out and helping people to believe in Jesus if we can and what we ought to do and so forth. Man, there's a bunch of topics here. Yeah. Sincerely, uh, Lutheran school teachers. Great. So where do well, you want to start? I want to start at the end. Uh, am I not doing enough? And the answer is no, you're not doing enough. And neither are any of us. I mean, uh, th- this is so. Uh, let, let's play a quick game. This this game is called All right. uh, Law Question or Gospel Question. Okay, here you go. I'm throwing it at you. Am I not doing right. enough? That sounds like a law question. Yeah, is that how so, the game works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Good job. You you win 200 points. I'll give it right, right here. Uh, and here's the thing: when we ask a law question. It's always going to show uh, our shortcomings. So, uh, so let, here, let me ask you another question, uh, Pastor Wolfmiller. Okay. Was there more you could have done to prepare for your sermon on Sunday? Yes. <laughs> okay, another two hundred points. I like how this is going. <laughs> but see, here's the thing: so when we when we question our own performance, are we ever going to come to the answer that I have done? everything perfectly the way that God expects me to do? And the answer is always going to be no, I'm, I, I haven't. Um, and, and so, uh, but at the end of the day, that isn't what matters. What matters is that Christ has done enough for us. So uh, it's just, as, as a frame of law gospel, I think that there's something um, to be said there. Now, I think, though, the other thing is this um, uh, listener has has and saying that they've discovered that they are a wimp and then seem to botch these conversations and get too excited and information dump and all of this, you know, this is one of those things uh, that comes with uh, with practice and doing as well. So uh, I'm not here trying to say that, well, you know, Jesus died for you, so don't don't do anything, you know. But, but you know, if, if I was, uh, oh, I don't know, let's say I decided to start a business as a carpenter and I start out doing carpentry work and the first uh, project I work on I I mess it up a little bit I think boy I, I need to if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be doing this I need to learn how to do it a little bit better it may take a little practice may take a little a little more learning uh, but eventually I'll, I'll start to figure out how to do my projects in a more professional manner and I, I think that's true with anything if you're gonna play basketball if you're gonna whatever and I think having conversations about Christian doctrine is among those things that we can get better at. And so, uh, you know, whatever that might be, talking to more and more people, uh, talking to your Christian friends, talking to your pastor, these are all things that help in that endeavor, and that's a good thing. Yes. No, no, that's right. So we improve in this, and how to improve in it is just by practicing and maybe not being afraid. I think there's two two things when when it comes to speaking of the gospel or speaking of our Lord Jesus to to our friends and neighbors who do not believe or who have different convictions there's there's kind of there's fear and there's two fears if this is can I simplify it this much mm-hmm. there's the fear that I don't know enough and then there's the fear that I'll be rejected mm. um, that I'll be thought a fool or something like this and so when we're entering into these conversations we're trying to overcome these these feudal uh, uh, a true ordination, and I got thinking about that a little bit, and I realized that this guy was a gift from God to me because 
it got me digging into all the old Lutheran stuff about ordination and apostolic succession. I read a ton of things that I would have never gone to dig into, and I know more of the scriptures now than I would have known in the first place. And so I'm thinking. So this now this becomes a gift. The things that I don't know become apparent, and and that's that's a great thing to to rejoice in when when that happens. So. So, so, so we know enough. So don't be afraid. So then the question is: Well, I'm going to be, am I going to be ashamed? I'm going to go it, and my own name is going to be uh, diminished in in this way, and and people will think less of me because I'm speaking of Christ, and that's just a matter of pride. I think we mm-hmm. got to, we're fighting and confessing our pride to get over that uh, thing. Well, I but think then the other question, the, the oh yeah, go ahead. I just say that I I think that. Um, we want to get past this idea that this is kind of like a win lose argument like uh like this is a, this is a match of intellect and let's see who comes out on top um i think i think if you and i i always go back to this luther quote i, I love so much that where he says that you know christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread and um and so it's 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 mm-hmm. not it's not coming in saying, "Look, I have all the answers. If you just listen to me, we could get this figured out." Um, you can you can entertain these these questions that your friend is having. You can you can you know bat this back and forth and say, "Here's an idea. What do you think about this?" And if they come with a question saying, "Well, that doesn't make sense because of X, Y, and Z," you can always say, "You know, I've never thought about that before. Why don't you give me some time, and I'll maybe we can talk next week." And I think not only does that kind of take the anxiety away from you to say, oh, I'm going to get something wrong, but it also, I think, is a respectable thing for your friend to hear. Say, oh, this person's actually listening and considering the things that I'm bringing up. I think that's someone I want to talk to some more. So I think those are all good things. That's right. That's right. The other thing is to remember our vocation. So God has not called us to convert the world, but to be good people citizens and members of the family and good friends. So that's not an excuse to not say something, but it's, it is to recognize our, our place in this. So some people are called by God to be evangelists and pastors and preachers and so forth. And some people are not, they're called to be parents and, and friends so that, so that our, the, the Lord loves your friend, uh, more than you ever could. And, and he's after her or him. And, uh, and has and so you you can trust in that and you and there's no panic then we want to avoid the idea of of mission panic of the mission emergency uh because that that throws us off of what the lord has said when it comes to our our institutions and and, and vocations and the places that we live mm. so mm. so we look for opportunities we pray for opportunities we do what we can we and we trust the lord the key, and remember that the kingdom comes at night the sower plants and the seed grows at night. Or Jesus says it like this: the kingdom come, the kingdom of God comes without observation. So the Lord oftentimes, for whatever reason, in His good pleasure, hides the fruit of our own works so that we don't see it, and we're not supposed to. So it's good to remember that. If you don't see it, then God be praised. You're not supposed to. Yeah, uh, I think we're coming up on our next break. I think when we come back. Oh wait, no, no. Uh, oh yeah, we are. Sorry, <laughs> I looked at the wrong clock. <laughs> uh, uh, no, um, when we come back from the trick, I do want to take up this uh, this friend just as as a as a discussion in maybe um, theological thought. A friend who is interested in what the Mormons believe and teach minus homosexuality and something else. 
homosexuality and abortion. abortion. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's an interesting thing too. We'll discuss that on the other side of this break. Uh, also, um, I don't know if, one book that I thought was helpful in this whole thing was a book by um, what was his first name? Kokel. Um, you know his name. Greg. Greg Kokel, uh, called Tactics. Um, Tactics. And it was uh, asking three questions. What do you mean by that so you understand what the person's saying? How did you come to that conclusion so you know the basis for what they said? And then the third question is, have you ever considered? And then you can state your point knowing uh, why they came to the conclusion that they did. That's, That's been very helpful in conversations for me, and I would recommend that as well. All right, more Table Talk Radio coming at you right after this. Because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. All right, we are back. Now, uh, Pastor Wolfley, we're taking up this great email from a Lutheran school teacher uh, saying that... uh, that has this friend, Mormon, or no, sorry, not a Mormon friend, but a friend who is, thinks that the Mormon faith is the real version of Christianity, except refuses to be a part of the church because of abortion and homosexuality. How do you how do you dissect this person's perspective? I uh, so it's it's like, I don't know something. So, uh, yeah, I I'll don't take know. a crack um, at it if you're if you're gonna hum and haw for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> well, well, I, I I see this a lot, and I think what it is is that um, one one of the one of the marks of the Mormon Church uh, is that there uh, there's this great emphasis on on good works, particularly out in the open of the public. So, I mean, everybody knows about the the nice Mormons that come to my door, and even though I might not agree with them, they are so very nice. And I know about the nice Mormons next, you know, that are in the neighborhood, and they're very helpful. And while I might not agree with them, I know that they're very nice. And I know that the more nice Mormons come to the nursing home where my mom is, and and uh, not that my mom's a nursing home. I'm just saying, you know, that that they're so very nice. And so people get this this picture of the of the Mormon Church because they know everyone is just so nice and helpful and always doing things. That if there's if there's a true church, it's that one. It's just that, and I think that's what I'm making huge assumptions here because we don't know anything, right? But just based upon the information that we have, I wonder if the friend in this email uh, sees it that way. That boy, if any if if any church had it all together, it was that one. It's just that they get two things wrong, and it's abortion and homosexuality. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. How do you think it? How, how do you think it gets there? I mean, well, what do you think? What do you think it takes for a person to? I mean, it's the, their approach has been the same of of much of business, and so it's all about kind of image, right? So, if I can be known as the church that's out in the public eye doing great things, what kind of branding or image can we create for our church? 
And so that has proven to be very mm-hmm. successful in that perspective. I mean, it, it's thought that if you, mm-hmm. if you're a family that has it all together and you're nice, then then you're you know maybe a Mormon, um, or if you have lots of kids, you maybe you're a Mormon. I mean, this is just kind of the assumptions, and 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 but they've built that assumption, they've built that branding, they've built that image, um, and so I think that's how it gets there. Now the the question though is, um, and, and and this is this is a cultural thing that we have to break down. Because we're, we, as a society, will think about things pragmatically and say, well, the, 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 the house of worship in my community that does the most good is, the, is right about beliefs, about religion. And, uh, and, and we have to ask a question, is that a true assumption? In other words, could there be a, a church in my community that is filled with people who are just total screw ups, <laughs> but are right about confessing the truth. Now, this is an excuse to go sin, but it is to say that I'm I'm I I'm still I'm still imperfect. I'm still doing things in a matter that I should not be doing, and God help me for that. Uh, but when it comes to confessing who Jesus is. This is what the scriptures uh, say of him, and so so the the question of, of of truth is somewhat then disconnected from uh, from the number of soup suppers I've I've helped serve. How's your what coffee? I wonder about? So with with that same exact, I mean, with that exact question, I wonder about how it is that someone is Mormon without the Mormon social teaching because you wonder what's left you know it's like I'm Mormon but I don't have I don't but I don't go for their family values it's like well what do you what do you actually go for with the I mean do you go for this kind of made-up history of Joseph Smith and you like that or do you know yeah. what I mean no, so that's lo- good. what you're saying is what if you have a, a church that has a, a supreme orthodoxy but a bunch of miserable people <laughs> Uh, but then you have another church that has false doctrine, but some decent practice. But then you, you, what we've come across is a person who is there like, I like the false doctrine, but I don't like the social teaching, mm-hmm. which is like the only good thing they've got. Mm-hmm. Huh. Right. Well, um... now, I, okay. So I think so. Let, maybe to talk about Mormonism, just how to how to speak clearly to to the Mormons. I think the I think the chief question, and I think we can make this in some ways the only question, is this. Do you worship Jesus? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean that. I think that's the dividing line, and it makes it really, really simple because mm-hmm. we can get into the the arguments. I mean, the, this is the main problem with the doctrine of the uh, the Mormon Church is that it's not Trinitarian. It doesn't confess that Christ is God, and um, or yeah, that they don't confess that God is God, even I suppose. But this is the main the main thing is: Do you worship Jesus? Is is Jesus worthy of divine worship? And the Mormon has to say no, not like God the Father. Or Father God, however they want to say it, but we say yes. The Bible tells us to worship Jesus, so we are Jesus worshipers. That's what makes us Christians. And you are not Jesus worshipers, so you are not Christians. That's yeah. the that's the key question for I think for the Mormons and everything else. I think comes underneath that the umbrella of the dividing lines that 
that occur from that question. But, Do you think that's fair? Yeah, but back to the email. These are all great things to discuss with the friend. So, I mean, so the, the, the listener writes, you know, I'm a wimp. I, I botch these things up. But this is all of what we've just discussed is just a matter of asking questions. So to, to say the friend, uh, so what is it about the, the Mormon faith uh, that is interesting to you? Uh, and why do you think that they're wrong about abortion? Why do you think that they're wrong about homosexuality? I mean, those three questions right there could probably be an afternoon worth of conversation that you could have over coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and and that much is just learning what, what the person thinks and believes. And once you kind of put your finger on what they think and believe, then you can kind of come along and say, well, look at it this way. You know, what 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 does, you know— the perspective of homosexuality do on a society and for the sake of children and, and things like that. You know, so, so there's maybe some practical things. And that'll help you kind of get around to the real issues, as you brought up, Pastor Wolfmiller, is who is Jesus? And what does he say of himself? Mm-hmm. And and uh, what can we—what's what's reliably true that we can believe about him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was—that's it. That's, I would uh, leave the— I would leave the homosexual thing and the abortion thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would avoid right. those things if they came up, but I would leave them for later on because, yeah. I mean, this is if we if someone's a politician and they have and or I mean these are important questions. Hey, we should probably shouldn't kill the babies and and also marriage should probably promote life rather than death and so forth. I mean, these are important sort of things, but it, a lot of times they come along after someone believes in Jesus, right. You know, so with a repentant heart that trusts the Lord's word, then you start to read the the what that word says about marriage and things like this, and then these things come along. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's that's a good point. All right, so let's uh, let's do some Ten Commandments of the news, shall we? Here's the article: Vatican damage control. Nuns admit Amazon women acting in priest roles. <laughs> Religious sister and Amazon are celebrating marriages and hearing confession without giving the absolution. That's, oh, that's perfect. Like, we can hear your confession. We just can't absolve you because we're not priests. Interesting. Okay. Headline Vatican City. This is from October the 8th, 2019. I was going to (laughs) say. The Vatican is on damage control mode. Just wondering. After a comment made by a religious sister revealing that women in the Amazon are already acting like priests on Monday... The first day of discussions and presentation of the of the synod regarding the priesthood crisis in the Amazon, Sir Alba, what's SR mean in the Catholic? Senior, Sir, senior, sen, senior Alba Teresa Cadea Castillo, a member of the Missionary Sisters of Mary Immaculate and the Saint Catherine of Siena. It sounds like Nacho Libre, Sister <laughs> of the Virgin of Guadalupe of the Mountains of the Poor. Remember that part? That's funny. Mm-hmm. An order of sisters from Colombia revealed that sisters and other... Do you notice how I did that, by the way? Yes. An order of sisters from Colombia. See how I said Colombia? Yes, yes, In yes. a Colombian accent? <laughs> revealed that, uh, that sisters and other women are doing some sacramental duties reserved to priests. Priestly duties. Responding to a question of Vatican presser... In a Vatican presser, that means a press release regarding the role of women religious... The role of women religious in, a, in the Amazon, that's actually what it says. She said, we focus on education, on healthcare. We carry out projects. We help the indigenous people develop their own projects, promoting development. In all these places, what do we, 
what do we do? She continued, well, everything that a woman can do, starting from baptism, as prophets and priests, as women priests, we accompany people during all events when priests cannot be there. If there is need for a baptism, we baptize children. If there's possibility of marrying, if anybody wishes to get married, we can do that. We can celebrate the marriage, and sometimes we also have to listen to confession. Of course, we cannot give absolution, but at the bottom of our hearts, we place ourselves in the position of listening with humbleness, thinking about the person who comes to us for a word of comfort, somebody who, perhaps, before death. Okay. Uh, Castillo continues, once more. At the moment, we're working at the intercongregational level, and itinerant teams of men and women who travel on canoe and we cross these huge amazonian rivers and women's roles within the church in my opinion too has become greater she added we will get there but little by little we cannot exert too much pressure i think that through dialogue through meetings we'll be able to respond to the many challenges faithful catholics are responding strongly on social media calling it an attempt to co-opt the male priesthood hmm All right, well, we need to take a quick break, and then we can discuss this in our final segment of Table Talk Radio. I'm just amazed that Amazon um, has uh, nuns. Like, when I placed my order, I had no idea that nuns were around getting the package together and shipping me my stuff. Is that what you were talking about? Anyway, all right, we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio after this. You're listening to Table Talk, uh, guys. This is really bad. I, I can't do this anymore. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad. You have 4,006 minutes, not hours. (laughs) Anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. Let me see if I can get the gist of this article called Vatican Damage Control. Uh, so we're talking about uh, the well. There's a shortage of priests in the Amazon, and but there are a group of nuns, and they're taking on some priestly roles, things like listening to confession and things like that. And uh, some think that priestly this is, duties. This is just a. Uh, this is just kind of a, a front to try to get women doing priestly duties. Is that did I get the gist of the article about right? Priestly duties. Yeah, I want you. I want to read this doozy of a paragraph. In an interview with National Public Radio, Father Peter Hughes, an Irish missionary to Latin America, said, How does that, how do the Irish talk? The Irish. The Irish. I can't. The people of... I, I guess I'll do this normal because this, this, <laughs> this... Listen to this. The people of the Amazon, as we all know, have their own vision, their own cosmic vision of reality, where all of life is interconnected, adding... This mantra of interconnectedness that the Pope underlines is the bedrock of his spirituality and of Christian spirituality. Hmm. Okay, so the Amazon has their own cosmic vision of reality? I wonder if that cosmic vision of reality in the Amazon has something to do with still submitting to the Pope. (laughs) 
Well, this now this is this. How about this? This is this is getting weirder. This uh, this um, this that is the idea of the Pope that the interconnectedness is the bedrock of his spirituality. This was made evident on Saturday when Pope Francis was present for a pagan tree planting ceremony in the Vatican Gardens. That's what this article says: pagan tree planting. Some militant Catholic thing I'm reading. Hmm. A female shaman led the ceremony with people bowing including a Franciscan friar, in apparent worship of the earth. Did you see that post from, what was that seminary, Union Seminary or whatever, about how they were all worshiping, they were, they were confessing their sins to the plants in the service the other day? Whoa. No. That didn't it's like, care. what's happening here? Huh. They got all these potted plants there and put them in the chapel and got around and confessed their sins of of eco-insensitivity or whatever. That's Who knows? Insane. Now the Pope's got a pagan tree plant it used to be you could just plant a tree without <laughs> you know all right so ra- how, to, help me like wrap my litur- mind around tree this planting liturgy how do, how do i how do i get my arms around what's going on here uh, uh um i don't know all right so i'm watching the video of this tree planting what the <laughs> this is pagan well, okay, so so here's here's something. So they have a bunch of people come over from the Amazon to plant a tree, and now they're what? Here, let, let me and, let me throw this oh. grenade out because I I know this is something that you would wouldn't mind chewing on. Um, that, that 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 there's this practice. That here's here's kind of the way we're doing things. Let's just side like theology and doctrine for just a second, and just say you know we're we're a, a worldwide club, and this is this is the way that we're going to do things, right? So we've all agreed to the. the kind of the terms and conditions of this club. But then we have a section of this club. Let's call this club the uh, the cult of pure doctrine, <laughs> which has not too many rules, yeah, but it has rules, I, like I think. W- weren't there rules to this, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so— Yeah, but the, you got to—I don't know what they were. Well, for the sake of the analogy, it won't matter. But then there's a chapter somewhere in some remote area— that is in the midst of crisis and in the midst of emergency. And so because of this crisis, there becomes a necessity to suspend the rules of the club. And that becomes acceptable because, well, we are in fact in crisis. Now, we apply that, though, to things that actually matter, not just a club with fake rules, um, but like a church <laughs> that, that, well, maybe in this case has still fake rules, but, uh, but in other cases where, where doctrine would actually matter, that we would you know, not do things or do things because of what God's Word says. But we, we want to come along with, say, I've got this exception because we're in a particular crisis. All right, that's something I know you have some thoughts on, so why don't you, why don't you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we talk, and we mentioned that earlier, is that crisis destroys God's sense of order, you know? So that whenever we we're putting people in the crisis situation, we're saying, you know, I, I mean, just as an example, if a if a if an airplane crashed into into the room here where I'm sitting recording, then all of a sudden the vocation of mediocre radio host ends, and all of a sudden the vocation of doctor and emergency rescuer begins. So emergencies cause us to change our our vocations like this, and this is why. I mean, this is one of the reasons why politicians and why the devil loves emergency, because you, you, you move people out of the order situated by, by God, and so this the is always creeping into the church. This, 
<laughs> I wonder how many things we could talk about where we could That's put the, the devil and politicians in the same category. <laughs> Quite a few, I'm sure. Uh, no, you make a good point, yeah, though. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway. All right. Now, but back to this club, the cult of pure doctrine. So this is, the, you know, if it's not actually what about doctrine, what is it about? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's then apply this then to the Catholic Church, which has um, certain things about uh, priestly duties that are to be done by priests only. Um, so what do you think about the nuns hearing confession but not doing the absolution because that, in fact, is something a priest must do? Well, I, I had this, I, I think I mentioned already, I got this, uh, this a couple of Catholic trolls on the old YouTube channel. And this is their basic idea because there's, there is one doctrine to be Catholic, and that is the Pope's in charge. That's it. You can basically believe anything else you want as long as you submit in one way or another to the authority of the Pope, which is going to be a big problem for the Catholic Church because of who the Pope is. I mean, it's a mess. And and papal, you know, there was these big fights in the Middle Ages about, well, who's actually in charge? Is it the Pope or the councils or whatever? The Pope decided it was the Pope, so it's the Pope <laughs> at some point. But, I mean, that's going to get—that question is going to have to be reopened in the Catholic Church because it's, it's just keep getting these kind of communist popes. It's going to get a lot harder to— follow along you know mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a real mess but so that because that's the one thing then you have all of this theological disunity in the catholic church which they they love to ignore i mean you know the catholics are always trying to bust the chops of the lutherans or the so-called protestants whatever they say and and because we got all these different doctrines but our theological diversity is nothing compared to the theological diversity in the catholic church it's just all hidden under the under the the robe of the pope mm. so yeah now what's interesting it's a mess. What's interesting about the confession thing. So I mean, I, I so what what good or what purpose is confession with no absolution? And uh and this is a right. great thing. Oh yeah. So that I mean so you yeah. go to the Catholic priest and and you make a confession but he he gives you a penance. I mean, <laughs> maybe there's something like an absolution there, but it, it, if it's if it's tied to a, a a penance, then it's no real absolution. So, while while these nuns listening to confession and offering no ab- absolution is no good, it's in some ways better than the priests who are giving to do list to the to the repentant. <laughs> just say something. Just say, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, buddy. That sounds really bad. <laughs> we want to say about this. I get in trouble with some, uh, you know, some Lutherans. I think uh, because I say that, hey, every Christian gives the absolution mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven, which is that because the authority, of the keys belongs to the church. And some people want, no, no, it's only the pastor. Because we say, as a called and ordained servant of the word, well, the pastor does absolve as a called and ordained servant of the word, but that does not bind absolution. Absolution belongs to the to the church. And we ought to be absolving one another, especially in our vocations, and especially when people sin against each other, but even when people just confess their own shame and guilt, we've got to be speaking the absolution. So mm-hmm. it is funny how the Catholic Church limits—I um, mean, it's, they, so they talk about priestly duties versus—because because they because the Catholic Church understands that Jesus has instituted a new priesthood. We understand, for example, from 
f- from the the institution of the Melchizedekian priesthood that it's not a perpetual priesthood that Jesus stands as the final priest and there is no there is no priest there's no sacrificial priesthood remaining so that every Christian is a is a priest that offers the sacrifice of love and praise to God and love to the neighbor but that the office of the word is what is instituted in the New Testament not the, not a new priesthood now that got us that's one of the 50 ways that we got anathematized in Trent did I tell you that I want to go back to Trent and about count a up how here. many times you and I are anathematized mm-hmm. and uh see but that's one of them they because they say whoever says that the words do this in remembrance of me do not institute a new priesthood like the Levitical priesthood let him be anathema that's one of the anathemas that you and I get. Wow. Eesh. All right, what's your, what's your in 30 seconds, your final thought on this story? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's like there's a, such a huge dysfunctional family, and then you find out one of them's got addicted to buying lottery tickets, and you're like, well, I mean, it's bad, <laughs> but it was a lot worse just before that, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, that's like... I don't know. I don't know why that that why that worries you so much. I mean, there's a lot to worry about before this. So. All right. Well, that's going to be all the time we have for this edition. Uh, do we do want to hear from you? Give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio, where the points are like what the Vatican thinks about the sacrifice. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.